have presentation from the season about uh, their ecosystem. You, you hear me talk about how Web3 is going to enable a lot of things. So after this, we're going to have a little chat. Essentially, this is a quite relaxed environment where we'll discuss a number of interesting topics. And we want to make it really interactive. All right? So uh, please feel free to stop us anytime, you know, challenge with any questions. And I hope this is a really like a big dialogue. All right? um, for today's panel, we have, we are so fortunate to have some very experienced industry leaders to join us. Uh, first of all, uh, beside myself, I will be the moderator and also a joint discussion. But we also have our uh, CTO Raymond from Season to also join us in the discussion. And then we have our Andy from Bybit, who is leading expert in Web3 on many topics. Okay, you cannot imagine how many topics he, he knows. And then we have James. Uh, James is from uh, Alibaba Cloud Innovation. Uh, later, we're going to ask them to introduce a bit of themselves. So first of all, let's give them a round of applause to welcome on the stage. So why not we let uh, James and Andy to first introduce yourself? Okay. Okay. Good afternoon, everybody, and uh, thanks for Professor Jules inviting me. And uh, James here, I used to work for the semiconductor industry. I ran my own startup, uh, focused on the marketing AI SaaS based on the Facebook Google. Usually, the first batch of clients are partners for Angular Cloud, and then I joined them. <laughs> And now I'm in charge of some new business, especially like the Innovation Alliance. So we focus on a few uh, domains like the Web3, AI, management tech, and accessibility. So very glad to uh, talk with uh, the panelists and uh, meet with everybody. Thank you. Hi, I'm uh, Andy. So I'm an uh, advisor to Bybit, and I'm also the head of partnership for Bybit. So all those things that you see about Red Bull uh, racing, um, it's all done by me and my team. Um, apart from that, I'm also a licensed fund manager in Singapore. I uh, make a lot of uh, different investments into the Web3 space. Um, I was formerly the advisory board member to uh, Hyundai uh, Blockchain. Um, I'm also very active in uh, uh, sharing my knowledge with different schools. I hold a PhD in uh, productivity science. So apart from that, I often travel around the world to give uh, different uh, consultations to different government. So just uh, two months ago, I just came back from uh, Turkey, you know, and uh, the journey goes on. So this is why. Thank you. Great. So you you just back from Turkey. <laughs> okay. Great. So um, yeah. So let you know, Andy is uh, is is our regular guest um, panel, and uh, I recommend you to really follow his. Uh, Twitter and uh, uh, he got lots of nice articles on different topics of Web3. Uh, and James is a regular sponsor for many of our events. Thank you very much. Well, thank you for uh, actually the beer today is sponsored by Alibaba Club. Okay. All right. So uh, today's panel, I think we uh, we have the panel title here is reimagining this media content ecosystem. But essentially, we're going to have a loosely connected set of topics ranging from tokenomics design, right, to user growth, acquisition, as well as, you know, how to incentivize different uh, components in the ecosystem. 
Right, so and today's panel uh, is meant to be bilingual, right? So if you are comfortable asking questions in, in, in Mandarin Chinese, feel free to do so. Uh, I think we can all speak uh, Chinese, right? And Andy? <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. Okay, so uh, okay, let's start the first uh, topic. The first one is actually on tokenomic design, all right? So let's talk about how can blockchain and tokenomics reshape so-called the traditional media and content distribution model, right? I mean, we can, you know, use examples that we know, right? For example, if a season, you can use a season contest. But, you know, essentially, is that from your perspective, what do you think that blockchain economics can reshape our traditional content ecosystem, right? Well, sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's okay to use Chinese. Okay, don't worry. Okay. Uh, 稍等。第一个，那个是呃，OK，呃，第一个话题是这个，第一个话题是啊，我们确实有双赢啊。第一个就是啊，从你的角度或者你的experience。Okay. 区块链跟这个代币经济设计如何能够改变我们传统内容或者说整个媒体的生态 是像我们自己做了一个收银台系统，然后我们后面有一个合作伙伴，一个partner是做这种呃支付，还有license跟back之间的这种合作关系。呃，涉及到很多小额支付，因为有些应用、有些开发者并没有在PV端完成收费和支
，所以会产生很多不正确的交易或者是错误的交易，这样呢会导致有很多很多平台的拥有者或者说是内容的运用者，他是获得不到正确的收益的，啊，这包括刚才朱教授所讲的关于电电影交易这件事情，线下的电影交易就很多刷票房了。因为他们之间为了一个保底一个票房，可能整个屋子里都没有人来看电影，但是这个屋子的这个电影票都已经卖出去了。在平台层面，这这种事情更容易发生，更简单发生。像给谷歌做广告，我我很容易就就我知道这个 Mac address， 也知道这个 IP， 但这个广告真的是否有被用户看到，其实也是不确定的。所以我们觉得用 tokenization， 用代币这种机制来去。Tracker 所有的交易，也是能彻底的解决互信和透明的问题。然后重点讲讲这两点。哎，好的，讲游戏，等一下再讲。OK， 好的 ，Andy， 你给他们管一点。是，其实我们币圈也经常刷量。But but the, but 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 my point is this. I think the the core difference in the in the platform business and and tokenization business is that if you are looking at the tokenized business. You know, you are looking at a very global audience. You know, there's, you know, there's no way you could stop someone from transacting from Africa or even from from China or from Russia, for example. There's no way you can stop it. So the kind of audience audience base is a lot wider than than what we see in the Web two space, where most of the time you will be restricted by the sheer fact of payment. You know, and then. There's a lot of such problems, so so I think the one big benefit is that it can be very much、uh, globalized, you know. Then from a more transparent、uh, transparency angle, you know, actually there's also a lot of、uh, fake transactions in in the Web three and crypto space, you know. But if you don't really put in the effort to do it, all those transactions will be traced and tracked, you know. All the wash trading and so forth can be traced and tracked. So, so is it more transparent? I think it's more transparent, you know. But does it、uh, help the business in long term? I think it it doesn't really help, you know. So to me, the more important thing is still ca capturing the global audience, you know. Without with Web three, there's actually no boundaries, you know. You could do whatever you want, you know, wherever you want, and your audience can reach your platform wherever you want. You know, so I think that is the the core core difference with a tokenized、uh, model. Okay. Okay. Just double count. This is a closed door event, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Closed door recorded. Closed door recorded. It's okay, but I'll, I'll, uh, uh, he's still under control. So、uh, then we can talk more freely. Yeah. 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 Uh, uh, so actually, it's recording. <laughs> so actually, from our point of view, probably we go back to the technical. It's more on the Web3 and the AI. So maybe I have a few points to share with you. First of all, why we want to focus on Web3. So I tell you a story. So actually, I bring my son to the Token 249, and I realize actually、uh, the only thing they pay interest in is only six years old is the、uh, gaming and entertainment. So that means actually the, this kind of gaming and entertainment is still the entrance for the mass market. And taking another example is like why the Facebook changed to Meta is because probably they are not able to attract. The young people, so they try to use the metaverse to attract the young people. So that's why, no matter you like it or not, do not like it. And、so、no matter is right or wrong, probably there is a dynamic shift that、so、the entrance has been has been changed. 
So that's why we also need to look at the web tree and AI and so on and so forth. Um, and uh, I give you two example that how we approach that, uh, probably related to our topic as well. So one is uh, we try to build a so-called it's a cloud works. It is uh, quite um, kind of uh, regulated, easy to understand, and you know. A lot of big brand has been tried metaverse before, but because they have haven't linked the uh, different metaverse, so it's isolated, so it doesn't work. So they're trying to uh, link uh, the cross chain, so to, it makes more sense. And apart from that, AI is a very uh, important topic. So we have put the non-playing character in it and triggered by AI. So you can talk with them. So what I going to? Yeah. Where can I go? Uh, what are the bad things? No matter if it help with the gaming experience or help with the shopping experience, but it still works. Yeah. So I mean, that's just an example. So uh, my point is, first of all, this is really important because it changed the entrance. Second thing is, Web uh, three and AI really can put together, can have some automation, and uh, yeah, it's uh, a lot of things can be imagined. So probably. We, we have something to work together as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So now, now you mentioned kids, I can follow up on that. Yep. So I, so uh, my, my son uh, always wants to grade his uh, Pokemon card, right? Did I tell you that story? So one, one day uh, he said, hey daddy, I have two Pokemon cards. Can you help me to mail to the United States? Because there's a company there, they claim they will grade your card, right? So if, if they, they, first of all, test whether this is authentic, Pokemon card, then if it's uh, actually of a great value, they will mail this back in a very nice package, that kind of thing. And, uh, but they charge $200 for each card to grade. <laughs> and, and so, so the, okay, my reaction is, first of all, I, I, I ask me, why, you know, those companies have the right to grade your card, right? I mean, who give them the right to, why they have this authority to grade your Pokemon card? Okay. And, and the second question I, I ask him is, suppose, Okay, you bought this card with ten dollar, right? This Pokemon like card. If it's really worth a thousand dollar after grading, most likely the company will already, you know, swap the card with some fake one, right? So, I mean, if you think about this, is really uh, an, an interesting uh, example of why this whole Web three thing would make sense. Is because in this content creation system, whatever you create, right? You know, if this is claimed to be of limited edition. Right or rarity edition, and uh, nobody nowadays have really a way to guarantee that if it is limited 100, let's say some nice jewelry or some um, some shoes is a one limited edition is really only has 100 copies. For example, right? Uh, you know you can just easily modify a database and, and you can double. And, and then um, secondly is um, you know um, if the game ends, for example, right? If the system ends, then all your, uh, you know, whatever is collectible, whether it's a skin or weapon, whatever, will disappear. So previously, I heard about there was a lawsuit with uh, in China, which is this uh, big game. Uh, I don't remember it's a Tencent or NetEase. Um, they sued the company because the user lost a uh, three hundred thousand RMB this weapon because some bug in the code. So, yeah, so, so, so these things happen on the traditional Web2 system, but, you know, naturally, I mean, with Web3 technology, right, we can solve this problem because, you know, with blockchain, you know, this is guaranteed to be limited edition and nothing will get lost because of consensus, right? I mean, even the game ends, you can 
imported into another gaming system and so on and so forth. So to me, this is a really a natural extension of whatever we have in the Web2. Do you have any thoughts? No, I just, just really want to add on. Yeah. Because um, what Professor said is 100% true. But can I just ask if any one of you here agree that NFT is always in your wallet? You know, it's always, it's always going to be there. If, 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 you, if you look at it from a longer perspective, you, if you have gotten your NFT from uh, maybe 201819, when you try to open it again, you know, the NFT will not look anymore. So, so actually, the, 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 there's still, uh, still issues with uh, the current asset model, you know. Yeah, that's why you mentioned NFT, right? So, okay, and I think Correct. this is good, right? We engage a little bit too. So, NFT, because you have this programmable part, right? That's mm -hmm. the magic part. At the same time, it also called this trouble. Because of this uh, possibility, you can reprogram it. So, that's why it can't disappear. It can actually change forward. Uh, but if it's a regular token, uh, if it's FT, then, you, you know, as long as it's in your wallet, I can be sure that it's in my wallet, right? Does that make sense? That, that, that makes sense, but then it will not be what you have mentioned of in course. terms of rarity and yeah, so forth. Yeah, yeah. So, so I just, it's just a word of caution, you know? Yeah. Yes, there's, there's a lot of, uh, I think the devil is in the detail, you know? Yes. Because if, if you know the detail enough, you, you will understand that there's always two sides to that, that whole story. And, and that, that could also make you become more aware and, and wary of some of these things that are going on. Whether it's going to be a FT or whether it's going to be an NFT, that is always going to happen, you know, because I, I have uh, common friends who have, uh, uh, you know, game, gaming asset as well, you know, they also got tricked, you know, they all thought that, oh, this asset is going to be on ERC20, for example, you know, but then the same asset can be replicated on another chain, you know, and then it looks exactly the same, but it's never going to work if it's on another chain, you know, but then all this kind of uh, different chain, uh, 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 different protocol and so forth is still not something that is embedded in a lot of uh, retail investor or, or gamers mind. You know whether whether the younger guys are, are going to understand this, they, they won't know. They only know that I like to play the game. If I need a skin, I will call my dad to buy it for me. You know, and, and that's about it, right? But in order to do this, you really need to understand the different chain. And the barrier of entry is actually a little bit yeah. higher than what Web2 is trying to do. You know? So this is again uh, a word of caution. Yeah. Yeah, very, very precious tips. Okay. Yeah. okay, so I, any question from the audience before we move on to the second question? Anything related to this question? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Very nice audience. <laughs> so basically, I'm a co founder, I'm a co founder right now. We are doing gamification, uh, NFT, gift cards. And we are looking at uh, emerging markets, um, probably tier two, tier three cities. And we are going more on the lower risk because, based on your statement, what I understand is that the NFT uh, is more on the speculative risk risk spectrum. But we are going to change the mindset over here because I think the three main main concern in the industry right now: number one, regulation; number two, risk; and number three, adoption. So if, if you can get by that experience and make it more like utility and use cases, will it be better compared to just you know holding that digital collectible arts for speculating? What 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 kind of uh, gift card are we talking about? So we may incorporate with like uh, different game developers. 
where you can look at anime, animations, uh, gacha effect. Uh, you know, you may even look into like pachinko kind of, uh, you know, kind of uh, low risk barrier or entry entry barrier. So it's not so much where you know a higher risk, you know, than the the reflects on, but. You know, it's more like the adoption. Uh, I think the two values that we carry over here is fun and experiment. Okay. Now, I think no one here is trying to say that NFTs are um, purely on the so-called uh, uh, speculation part. I think all of us agree. Particularly, for example, myself is a strong believer that nowadays uh, people are still exploring NFT via very shallow value, just like I said. The part that NFT is a programmable means that it can evolve over lifetime and actually change according to many circumstances. This is exactly, uh, in the future, we're gonna work with many artists here, uh, for example, to create NFTs that will be a dynamic art form. I mean, a lot of things you're saying, definitely record. I think what previously we shared, and also what Andy's point is that, um, it's not so immediate or automatic that anything on chain is guaranteed you know, to be so-called authentic or like value guarantee, right? You still need to be very careful because with an uneducated eye, you might think, oh, this is something, because it's a blockchain, everything must be true. But you can be easily fooled if you're not careful about what's actually under that code, for example. Yeah. Is that? Yeah, yeah I, I, I also want to answer to your question in a, in a slightly different angle, from a more commercial angle. Yeah. So, so if you look at what Bybit is doing with Redbook, you know, we have launched three different NFT in the span of uh, last three months. You know, we, we did very well, to be very honest. You can Google online, Google Bybit, uh, Oracle Red Bull Racing, you can see the results. The, the reason why it's selling very well, you know, I dare say is because of the partners that we, we, we collaborate with. You know, we, we collaborate with the biggest artists, strongest generative artists. They have their own set of uh, community, you know. And then that is actually the, 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 the king. That is actually the, the, the core gist of it. If you are going to do a business from that angle, if you can find that kind of collaborator, I think yes, you should do it. If not, my humble opinion is NFT, gift card, gamification is not actually too exciting, very honest. So without knowing the details, I still think that the core thing that you need to solve is to find good partners. You know, if you have good partners, your gamification will work a lot better because the returns in terms of the prices will be more attractive, right? And then if you are just purely looking at the fact of using NFT as a technology to draw more people in, I think, I think that, that might not work, you know, really might not work, you know. Yeah. Thank you. James, you want to add but maybe we can head on from the technical part. <laughs> so, so put it in a way like uh, you can treat, we normally treat like Web3 is like a technical uh, tools, right? So just like any mentioned, eventually you still need to have a real business or the real attraction, a real value uh, behind it. I think this is uh, something uh, we are, think that is the thing. So uh, there's also some trend if you believe in it, so like the web user is still much, much smaller than the web two. And I think that's why the Andy has been introducing the right boot to the web three world. Because the traffic, because of the uh, community, because of the player behind, 
uh, really is the essential of the business. Uh, the other trend uh, you can observe that previously probably had uh, 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 access infinity, but now it's the real gaming company using the blockchain technology to make it uh, looks much, much better. So I think we can still treat it like a technology. So it itself uh, uh, probably is not as uh, pop, as attractive as it used to be. Okay, great. Thanks. Let's move on to uh, the next super questions. Um, so, you know, we've been talking about Web3 and, and also uh, AI is another very hot thing, right? So in terms of uh, user growth, for example, or new user acquisition, do you think in all these business ecosystems, uh, we have new ways of using this technology to help us grow the ecosystem, right? Recently, I mean, ABCD has this uh, user growth camp, right? And I was also invited there for give a talk. So a lot of people interested in how Web3 and AI can help the business to act, acquire new users and also to grow the user base. So what's your opinion? I mean, do you think Web3 can add on something, right, on that perspective? Okay. Uh, for the user part, it's uh, the season in past 12 years, the, the basic business. Actually, most of the apps uh, acquisition the new users are very expensive and difficult. A lot of gaming apps or some uh, movie or media apps in the mobile, they, uh, if they want to lose one end user, they need to put a lot of money to the Twitter, YouTube to get the new users. But uh, Season already has the, the more than 18 million family at there. So actually, we just uh, with the device together to 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 sell the device to the user. Then we can get the user. And actually, season now don't need the, the pay for any user. Even we get the, the money from the user from the the because the user buy TV, they don't need to pay the money to the to the to to, to season. But uh, all of the TV set should. Uh, the license to season. So season get the user easier, but uh, how to protect the user and keep the user growing and in our business, this is uh, uh, the important thing. So that's why seasons start to want to use AI and Web3 technology to, to provide the good things. At, at that moment, I still talk with uh, some, some friends together to, to say, why the, the user starts not watching TV anymore and they, we, we lose a lot of view time from that user. And the TV developer very slow. The hardware didn't like the, the mobile phone. So, so the key important reason is the no killer content in the in this industry chain. So AI coming, I think we, we can use AI technology to generate a lot of good content and uh, the big share, a big share screen can imagine you can you can do a lot of things in this big share screen, such as easier gaming or the multiplayer gaming or, or the AI education. So I I'm I'm sure the, the AI technology can make the smart TV become the, the original position, the family centric 
at climate to harm. So, so the AI must be helpful for us. And for Web3 part, I think uh, because you know season just start to, to cooperating with the SMU, so for the Web3 part, I don't have the, so many knowledge can answer all of the questions. So I, I still want to listen uh, for Web3 part. Okay, thank you. So I think this is a very good point. Like why we stop watching TV, right? I mean, I mean nowadays uh, everybody has this reason. But for me, it's, it's basically, uh, uh, you know, we have more portable devices, right? That more easily can gain access. Uh, it's sometimes hard to say we have to sit down to uh, spend some. But I'm not against TV. Right? I myself is not against TV. On the other hand, I like TV. <laughs> yeah, so I, I, but I spend a lot of time on YouTube, you know, on some other Chinese website and so forth. So I, I like the model, you know, Raymond. So I, I like the model very much. But what, what coming back to that, that question that Prof has mentioned, I, I just felt that AI would actually be the interactive tool, you know, for the for your TV. You know, nowadays when when you when you talk to the AI, for example, you know, they give you. Not, not really AI, you know, some, some, some of these, uh, you know, I don't want to mention, you know, the Google boxes and so on. They, 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 they try to be very intelligent, you know. But I think with AI, you give you the next level intelligent, you know, with a, a chat GPT and so on. They give you the next level intelligent. For example, you know, they can really talk to you and ask you what kind of movie do you want. Yeah. You know, they can even, today you are, you are a small kid at home trying to play a game, trying to watch TV. The AI can be very smart, and it might look like your mom talking to you and say, hey, today can't go, right? So, 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 so that, that kind of interaction is, it, it, it can sound really silly, but it is actually very, very much dear to our heart. Because these are things that you, you really feel, you know, your mom is not around, your dad is not around, the AI become your mom and dad, right? It becomes more interactive. You know, then coming back to the blockchain element is that because a lot of this uh, AI, you can't really trust them, right? So we could kind of use blockchain as a control tool, right? To control some of this content, con control some of the, 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 the speeches and so forth. And last but not least, when we talk about uh, Web3, you talk about cryptocurrency, there's actually a lot of different ways where, where platforms uh, can monetize, you know, and and if you believe in the creator's economy, you allow users to create content from 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 their experience, or even create content using a specific AI. Mm -hmm. This means that your station would have a lot new newer content. Yeah, you can have anime, you can have real real soap opera, you can have a lot of different kind of uh, content. It's going to be a win-win situation, yeah. you know, for, for both uh, the platform, TV platform, the blockchain platform, or the AI platform. So that's my humble opinion. Yeah, yeah thanks. So maybe I can contribute a few points. First of all, it's uh, based on my experience, which when I was uh, doing my own stuff, using the so-called marketing AI to do the optimization based on Facebook and Google. I think uh, for the normal people, I think one thing we need to watch out is uh, uh, how AI can create, right? So you probably are not trying to believe everything you're saying, don't try to believe everything you, you saw, uh, you hear, because uh, uh, especially for social media, that is uh, what you are saying is some people want you to see. 
it will be more uh, to the extreme because you have the AI content, no matter from the picture, the copywriting, as, uh, as long as uh, also like even the targeting. Uh, but of course, uh, if you're just for entertainment, it should be okay, but if you're looking for some news or facts, just watch out. And when we ran the startup, previously we can use only use AI to optimize the targeting. So let's say we can target a certain group based on the result. But nowadays AI can generate content, like the picture, like the copywriting, it just sounds like some people. So I think that is something will be interesting, but you also need to watch out uh, what you are saying. The second thing when Prof had uh, mentioned about is how to do the growth hack in the Web3. I think back to what I mentioned about this, uh, uh, I think Raymond is, uh, is, is on a very good base because previously at Web2 they were already very successful. But for example, for some of the new startup, you're looking for new users. I think still back to the fundamental is to look at the number. The Web2 has much, much more users yes. or the enterprise compared with Web3. So as an APAC number one cloud, we do some partnership, we talk with some of our clients and partners, we're telling them our position is not only cloud. We are like a platform because APAC is an emerging market. APAC has a lot of young people. APAC has a lot of growing enterprise. So if you are doing some new stuff, no matter it's in Web3 or not, probably want to leverage some of the existing uh, database, existing network, and uh, just give an example. So previously I mentioned about Cloudwares, and uh, if it is, because it's closed all, actually, we already use our existing B2C, uh, C traffic to inject into it to see how, what is going on. Because, for example, like Ngroove, like the AliExpress, like Lazada, they have a huge number of uh, 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 players or huge number of users. It's just like uh, how the product can feed into it and uh, how we can help to do the linkage. And you're going to see the growth hack is very interesting. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, so I, I just uh, see him for the, for the Web3 and blockchain parts uh, for the new user acquisition. The season start to build a mission one organization, an ecosystem, because season is a software company. But uh, if we want to deliver our platform to the end user, we need to have the partner, such as the ODM or the TV branding together. And in past 12 years, the season more focused on the tier two and tier three, even the local tier four. Here, branding. This is our the main uh, marketing share, marketing side. So, how to let the, all of the partners, the tier two, tier three brand, trust the season? This is, should be an uh, important thing. And uh, most of the TV manufacturing ODM, they just know how to sell the TV, and their benefits, uh, profits, most from the the TV, uh, TV revenue. And you know the in this world, a lot of ODM and the Chinaman land have a local TV brand, they, they sell the TV cheaper and cheaper and cheaper. So how to protect all of the tier 2 and tier 3 branding they can alive in future? The meaning is a season, season alas, ecosystem can alive. This is a question. So we believe the Web3 blockchain things should be basic and the season can get a lot of revenue and share the benefit to all of the, the branding partners. And based on the blockchain, 
I think should be make sense. They, we can trust for each other and share the benefits each other and protect this ecosystem each other. Okay. okay any any questions from the audience? Like, uh, yeah, Leo. Uh, thanks for sharing. So, uh, I'm sorry, can I get back to the previous topic? Because I want to construct it. So, uh, I'm currently watching those uh, live streaming. Uh, I think it's a very good way to kill time during my transportation time from workplace to home. So, uh, I was noticing that uh, for those live streamer, very famous uh, influencer, they get uh, awarded by the audience, but the majority part was actually. Uh, submitted to the, uh, the platform, the company. So uh, I think it's uh, kind of unfair to those uh, live up and to the audience. It, it increased extra burden to the uh, economic. Yeah. So uh, I was trying to ask that: Can Web3 help those uh, help this uh, case be more fair in some way? Yeah. Thank you. I I just answer. <laughs> I think I think it can be more fair. You know, using the Web3 model because uh, everything is very transparent. So let's say, example, for this uh, live streamer, you get one ETH, and then the platform gets 0.1%, for example. Then the, the platform will just get 0.1%, and the rest will be transferred to the live streamer, right? So, so I think on that aspect, I think it's, it's very fair. But the thing is uh, we cannot think in this manner because the Web2 companies, although they charge a higher fee, they actually are the one bringing in the traffic, you know. So, so you really got to <coughs> see this in a in a more. If you see this from a more commercial angle, I still felt that the Web two co collaboration would be more lucrative, you know. So what if you get ninety percent of one thousand dollar? But you know, but if you can get through the Web two company one billion dollar, you get one percent is a lot more than than what you are getting, you know. So I still felt that. That, that is the key, but also it depends on the influencer and depend on the content provider what kind of route they are going to take. You know, so there's no right or wrong answer. Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. So uh, I, I have uh, a little bit slightly different uh, idea. So for example, Leo, I mean, I mean, um, suppose I think let I let you issue your own uh, token based on your live streaming, okay, for example, and your content. And today maybe you're not very famous, right? Maybe you are. So I can actually purchase your uh, token with a lower price. Um, but you keep streaming, right, for example, and you keep getting tips. But after one year, if suppose you become more popular, for example, right? And then your Leo token becomes more uh, popular as well, right, at a higher price. And you say now I can actually arrange people to pay uh, through my Leo token. Right, for whatever I'm offering, whether it's you're on the front seat for my streaming room or you have I have some souvenir or autograph, like for example, you need to pay with my Leo token. So I think one way to think about this sort of called influence uh, economy is that we can also tokenize your influence and power okay, through this tokenization. And in, uh, just to re in response to Andy's idea, why, how to handle this um, audience problem, right? So if you think about if the audience is part of the economy, right? Because I I bought your Leo token, right? So I know that if I keep supporting you, when your Leo token appreciates, I my token also appreciates because I got your token. So by viewing, I'm actually mining, right? So I'm actually enjoying it. So that's why we are co-creators of your popularity. 
And in the long run, I believe this mode is going to be more sustainable in terms of getting the views. Because Web2 marketing got a lot of issues because you have to invest a lot. Right? You can't burn cash. You have to burn cash to getting the users. But if you use Web3 model where users become part of the investment circle, right? then in the long run, of course, you have to be successful yourself. Right? If, if you are a lousy streamer, <laughs> sorry, there's no way to get it out. But suppose you're a good streamer, then in the long run, this economy is going to be more uh, sustainable because uh, it's, uh, it's a self-growing. Right? So that, that's just kind of idea. Um, let's maybe move on to the next one, uh, unless you have it. Because it's talking too much about two, two, uh, Web 2 and Web 3. For yeah. Probably, uh, I think it's, uh, for my own opinion, I think it's a, a more balanced way, especially for the uh, entrepreneur or startup, probably you can do a, we call it the Web 2.5 way, <laughs> right? Because we are like that, because we are in a Web 2 company where we work, work on the Web 3, so probably how we can approach it with is more like 2.5. So what you're thinking is uh, on one hand, how you leverage on the existing infrastructure, existing database, existing users to grow yourself. On the other hand, how you can get it uh, still regulated, but you can be more uh, Web3. I think that's a balance. I think that is a, a more, uh, a kind of a smarter yeah. approach, yeah. Okay, but you're sick of a beer. <laughs> Let's just say that. Yeah. Okay, so uh, just talking about AI, I think a very natural question is that people, when people are not just talking about AI, right? Another very related question is how to handle users' data, right? Because all the AI models need user data for training, for stuff. So in your ecosystem or with your background experience, how do you think about this question of uh, users' AI uh, versus data privacy or pirate content, right? Uh, uh, you know, there's a pirate, uh, the privacy issues in the ecosystem. Would you see that would be a big obstacle in the future for people to adopt the web three and the AI? <coughs> Maybe James. Oh, oh. Uh, from my own opinion, so one thing is recently the generative AI is very popular. So people tend to put some information in when we talk. So uh, of course, potentially you have a kind of uh, data leakage uh, risk if you put everything in when you check with the uh, generative AI. But normally in technical, you can uh, uh, handle it in two ways. One is, for example, you're not using the public uh, version, you can put it like, uh, still in the cloud, but it's uh, more like yourself, it's a private uh, deployment, right? And if, for example, for other like more stringent requirements, like the insurance, like the banking, probably you can still want, they are still want to leverage on the AI to improve the productivity, to have a better use of their data, how, they, how we do it is normally we have a private or even on-prime setup to deploy the AI, no matter what kind of big model it is. So it is like uh, you have a, if you don't watch out what you're doing, just any uh, mention about no matter what kind of technology you're being offering, you still need to do your own uh, work to make sure that you do the right way. Uh, but my answer is still doable, but you need to watch out what kind of information you're providing. I, I, I think that uh, there's always a potential risk involved in terms of uh, data leakage. But it really depends on what kind of data we are talking about. You know, you should not be putting your password <laughs> and your, you know, some of my friends will say that this is my existing password and my email address. 
you know, please generate a new password for me. You know, if you do this kind of prompt, you are kind of silly, right? Are you serious? <laughs> well, yeah, there are really people who, who is like this. They, the, the, the really young, younger people who are really innovative, you know, they would, they would think in, in that manner. You know, if you are going to do that, of course, sooner or later you'll get into trouble, right? If, if you are doing it in a very logical way, even if you put your bank account there, that's fine, you know? Even if you put your thesis there, you know, just to try and try and prove read, it's also fine, you know. But of course, this is with the context that you are willing to kind of sacrifice some of this data in return of better data or better content. And uh, not everyone can afford the private uh, <laughs> GBT, you know. So this is what we have to get from uh, James, you know. But 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 my point is, uh, if we can do that. And if that is a service that uh, Ali uh, Cloud can provide, I think that would be a that would be a really, really nice thing. You know, instead of paying ChatGPT twenty dollars a month, we pay you. You give us a private uh, ChatGPT Ali Bawaya equivalent. I think I'll be very happy to pay, honestly. You know, so that's my two cents worth. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because we have we collect a lot of. Uh, Data, but uh, we also need to have uh, architecture design to protect the personal data because we provide a lot of service for the European. We need to follow the GDPR, and uh, all of the different regions have the, the personal data uh, legal. We need to follow up. So, so for for this part, the first uh, we need to design uh, a basic logic. All of the data we collect. Before that, need the end user to accept the term for use. What kind of data we will collect in our database and uh, what we, how to use the data. So this is should all of the, 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 the lawyer and the legal things should do in the before. And uh, the second for the technology part, we can't address for any personal data. The meaning is all of data in our the, the, the black box, we need to mix all of them. And uh, before we do the, the, the data analysis, we already mix all of them. Even the, the personalized training and uh, the AI training, everything. We only know the, this is a scope of, uh, 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 how to say, a general data is not a personal data. So if we follow up like this, then we will never touch the personal data. The second uh, uh, is uh, for the, uh, how to say, um, you know the streaming data is all, also dangerous. So actually, a, a lot of, we also follow the DRI part. So in our the OS part, we need to have a lot of uh, DRM technology based, based on the streaming. Even a lot of content service providers, they will see you can't uh, screen, uh, uh, do some screenshots, snapshot the, the screen, and you can't catch up with all of the streaming data, something like this. So the data protection is very important in our platform. But for, for future, you know, the, how to use the blockchain to let the data protection more better. I think this is, should be, we also need to have further discussion. And uh, I'm looking for, I think, the Web3 and AI can, can have the more good protect for the personal data. Okay, thank you.
So I'm talking about ChatGPT. Um, one day I logged into my ChatGPT and I saw one question, not by me. The question is uh, how to convince my daddy to let me play game tonight. <laughs> so, 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 and I saw the reply, right? So then you can expect what happens, right? With my son. So I, I hope you are not using GPT that way, right? So protect your privacy while using GPT. Just a quick survey how many of you are using GPT, let's say, at least once a week? Anybody? At least once a week. Oh, quite a lot, quite a lot, okay. So we are actually dealing with it in real life already, right? I mean, how to leverage these tools without uh, violating our own privacy. Uh, I think, oh, wow, we are just right on time. Uh, so thank you again for uh, the nice panel. And I think, you know, it's a very open direction, right? This uh, web 3 AI application in the content and media system. I think uh, Season is at the very frontier of this with almost you know, 100 million users out there already. So we look forward to uh, a very fruitful collaboration and more things to share with you maybe uh, in the future. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, thank you all for uh, today's session. So this I officially conclude uh, today's talk, but you're feel free to just mingle. There are still beer, right? James, you can take one more Yeah, okay. And thanks again for all the sponsors. Thanks for Bodog. I want to mention Bodog particularly because uh, you know the, our Bodog team has been busy with all the stuff uh, for for the past few days, and and then also it's season for sponsoring all the things. Uh, and again, thank you for all my friends right, who come here to support. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Thank you.